Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, all right. Well, thanks for joining me today. It is Thursday, September 26th, year of our Lord, 2019, and I have a bit of an announcement. I've got a bit of an announcement for all of you all today. Um, Some of you may have heard this already um, because Matt from the How to Build a Tent podcast here on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network announced this yesterday, but uh, I'm going to be doing a, a new show with Matt. Yeah, it's called Reform Jellical. It's a show that's going to be talking uh, primarily about current events, um, but it's going to be doing it from a perspective of kind of, um, you know, not half reformed, half evangelical, but but kind of both perspectives. Because you know, Matt is uh, you know learning a lot about reformed theology, especially being part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast network. But he's sort of a a poster boy, you might say, for uh, for evangelicalism in general here in the United States. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love evangelicals. No problem with evangelicals. I know that's, that's kind of become sort of like the F word in some circles, I think. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, so we're going to be looking at current events and we're also going to be kind of, you know, it, it, it's, here's the thing. I, I've been over the last, you know, few, few months, you know, ye- maybe a year or so even, um, your boy AD has been taking some criticism. That's right. If you can believe it, I know some of you won't be able to believe it, but I have been criticized quite a bit. <laughs> and some of these criticisms have been public. Some of them have been private. I welcome them. I, I, I always take them seriously. And by the way, if you've criticized me in any regard, you know, my beliefs, the way I do things, whatever, and I haven't responded to you, trust me, it's not because I'm mad at you, unless you've like insulted me or said something that's not true about me, then I am mad at you. <laughs> but um, if you've offered critiques about what I do um, and I didn't respond, I try to respond to those as much as I can. But if I didn't respond, I'm not mad at you. I do take them seriously. And one criticism that I've been getting quite often is, I think, fair. It's a very fair criticism. It'll go, it goes something like this. It says, AD, you know, your, your, your content has turned into sort of just constantly critiquing things. Why don't we do something where we're, where, where, you know, you can critique if you'd like, because obviously that's necessary, you know, critiquing uh, wrong ideas, you know, critiquing bad theology, critiquing untruths that are popular. That's necessary, of course, but, but why don't you also, instead of just critiquing, add some value from, you know, from a teaching perspective. What what's correct? If you if you're going to tell us what's un- incorrect, tell us what's correct because that content will be longer lasting. And I think I, you know, in, in some regards I do this. I mean, this is something that I've, I've done from the beginning. But I I I, I agree. I, I I agree with the criticism in general that, you know, sometimes when I when I critique let's say someone's tweet or something. Well, that's nice content for the here and now. But, you know, in, in, in a year, who's going to care about that? No one's going to remember the stupid Beth Moore tweet. No one's going to remember the stupid Thabiti Anya Willy blog post. And nobody's going to care. Is it going to be even relevant anymore? Who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But so so what I'm trying to do here, and I think that, that this this show with, with me and Matt, Reform Jellical, is going to be very, very helpful in that regard because it's going to be about current events. So it has immediate relevancy to our context today with our news cycle today. But also, we're going to bring in principles from the scripture, from the Reformed faith, and I think, you know, from the evangelical kind of perspective as well, 
um, that I think are much longer lasting, that'll have a longer lasting impact than just speaking on current events or just being critical of things that are incorrect and things like that. Because because the reality is that the Reformed faith, I think, um, is a great uh, representation of what the Bible teaches in general. You know, the Westminster Confession is a, is a fantastic summary of biblical theology, I think. Um, and so those principles um, are, 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 are going to be relevant in 10 years, in 100 years, in, in, you know, however long it takes for the Lord to come back, that kind of thing. And so what, I'm trying, what, I'm, what we're trying to do with this show is, is, is to sort of you know, bring Reformed uh, Christians and Evangelical Christians together, both to the table to discuss the issues and talk about you know, how the Bible applies to every area of life, even what we see on, uh, on CNN and Fox News and Drudge Report and, and even what we're doing in our everyday lives. I mean, I think Matt does a great job when it comes to the business stuff. I mean, that's a great show, How to Build a Tent. If you don't watch that show or listen to that show, um, you could watch it too. I highly recommend you do it. But we're, we're going to be starting off, you know, uh, uh, Wednesdays at 8.30. It's going to be a live show. And you, um, we're going to offer a subscription, you know, you know, to, to, to sign up to watch it. You'll also be able to participate in this show as well. Um, you know, we're, we're, I think we're doing a live chat sort of question-answer type deal as well. Um, and, you know, Matt and I have kind of done some practice runs on this. And it, it, I think it's turned out really well. Uh, so if you enjoy listening to me, if you enjoy listening to Matt from How to Build a Tent, I think you're going to love this show, Reform Jellicle. I'm super excited about it. The first show is going to be Wednesday, uh, October 2nd at 8.30 Eastern Time. It'll be really cool. So so check it out, uh, Reform Jellicle. You know, I think uh, we're starting to you know get some social media pages out for this, and so I'll share it on my page and all that. I'll share the links in the description of this. All that kind of stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are too. Let's get to today's show. Now, you, you may not uh, know this, or you probably do because we just talked about it, but but um, I've been somewhat critical of, uh, of Big Eva. Uh, there's no question about it. I've been critical of the Gospel Coalition types and... And things like that, I, you know. And look, let's just let's just be honest with each other. There's a lot to criticize, right? There's a lot to criticize about about that kind of teaching, um, especially in our context today, in our modern context today. Um, it hasn't always been this way. I mean, I, I think that look, I I, I grew up uh, as a Christian, as an adult. Uh, I came to Christ as an adult, and I had a long commute. I lived in I lived in New York City, and I commuted about an hour each way. Um, in, through public transportation. And so I had a lot of time to consume a lot of materials. And when I became a Christian, I just consumed Christian materials like it was like it was crazy. Um, podcasts, sermons, books, and often most of them, because they're the most readily available, um, were Gospel Coalition, you know, participants and authors and things like that. And I learned a lot. A lot of my foundations in the Christian faith uh, came from Gospel Coalition teachers who, again, I, I criticize a lot now. Um, but the reality is, as much as I criticize them, Gospel Coalition is not all bad. There's just no question about it. Gospel Coalition is not all bad. They have some things that they're really good at teaching and um, that I would still, to, to a certain degree, recommend. Um, and so so he, there's one in particular, one section of Scripture that I think Gospel Coalition does a pretty decent job of, 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 of getting across the message. We could quibble with a lot of things, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, they're not perfect, but obviously nobody's perfect. But I would say that if you think about it, a lot of the best kind of teaching that you've heard from Gospel Coalition types 
um, it comes from sort of the, the the Sermon on the Mount. Let's just say that that section of scripture, maybe not the entire sermon, but that section of scripture, those ideas that are in there. You know, there's a lot of really good teaching from people like Matt Chandler, from people like Tim Keller, from people like, you know, all, all these people. And, and look, Gospel Coalition is not all created equal either. I mean, I'm about to do a video about Kevin DeYoung, who I love. I think Kevin DeYoung is awesome, uh, and he's a Gospel Coalition guy. So not all Gospel Coalition is is, is equal, but, um, but really, for the most part, you know, you get someone from the Gospel Coalition teaching on something from the Sermon on the Mount, and it's going to be pretty good. That, that's my opinion. You know, feel free to disagree. But 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 let me just give you sort of a, an example of, of what I mean. I think that there's a really good understanding, for example, of the fact that sin kind of begins in your in your in your thought life almost, in your heart. You know, the Matthew five, uh, you know, verse twenty one, Jesus says, "You've heard it said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment.' But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire." And you know, this kind of idea, th this is something that I learned very, very clearly in Big Eva. Look, it's not enough to just not murder someone. You also can't, you know, you also can't, you know, murder them with your words, so to speak. You know what I mean? You can't hate them and insult them and call them you fool, raka, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, that's that's also, you know, it's, it's kind of breaking the same commandment, so to speak. I mean, it's not the same thing as murder, obviously. It's not exactly the same thing, but but these are these are conditions of your heart that you need to be on the lookout for. That's an idea that, you know, Big Eva Gospel Coalition types are really good at enunciating, I think. Um, and, but that's not actually what I wanted to talk about today. But by, by the way, before we move forward, the same thing with adultery, right? You know, it's not enough to just not have sex with another woman. You also can't lust after them. That's that's an idea that if we're honest, Gospel Coalition, Big Eva, they get really well. No question about it. But that's not what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about this idea of love, loving your neighbor as yourself, loving loving your enemy. I mean, these are these are things that we get a lot of teaching about. You know, in, in another place in the scripture, not in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says that that the world will know you by your love for one another. So, so this whole idea of love is 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 taught often, and you know, we might have things to quibble with on how love is presented. I think that you know, let's just be honest. I've said this many times. Oftentimes, love is presented as sort of like warm and fuzzies. You know what I mean? Sort of that 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 warm feeling in your tummy, that that kind of thing. And that's a very sentimental view of love. I think love is primarily an action. But okay, we, we can quibble with that, no problem. But this is the passage of scripture that I wanted to talk about, loving your enemies, because I think that Gospel Coalition type people teach this really well. But there's something I want to add to it, and I, and I, and I think it's important um, for, for everyone. And I think there's a little inconsistency with Gospel Coalition. So let me offer this you know, to, to, to evangelicals and to Big Eva types and to Gospel Coalition types as sort of a gentle correction. Okay? Love your enemies. This is Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Jesus, our Lord, says this, you have heard that it was said, love your enemies and hate your neighbor, but I tell you, love your enemies 
and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I love how the King James put this. Other, other manuscripts have this slightly differently. Instead of praying for those who persecute you, the, the, the way the King James manuscripts has it is, bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. That is quite an idea. That is quite an idea. You see this kind of thing played out on a superficial level all the time. This, this is, I mean, in fact, there's, there, it's even kind of like a joke, right? Like, like, um, like uh, in the South, um, you'll hear people say, oh, bless your heart. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. It's almost like a joke because people kind of understand that that's kind of like a Christian way in some, in some circles, let's just be honest. I'm not saying everyone who uses this phrase is, is saying it this way, but you know, people are, in, in an argument and, and one is getting mad at the other, other one says, oh, bless your heart. Like sometimes that's used as almost like a curse word. <laughs> I mean, look, if you use that word and you don't use it as a curse word, okay, fine. But you have to understand that some people use bless blessings almost as a curse. And that's pretty messed up when you think about it, right? So this is not, you know, this is not a superficial thing, blessing those who curse you. Like, you know, you can't like rip someone and like, you know, say awful things about them and then say blessings at the end with a little heart symbol and stuff like that and expect anyone to 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 really take you seriously. Like that's, it's obviously being used as a curse word there. This is not just talking about saying blessings, y'all. Like, no, you actually have to bless them, right? Like, it's not just the word, it's the action behind it. So let's not be superficial about this. Some people are very superficial about this. And as long as they're saying blessings at the end of their tirade, then you don't take the tirade for what it was, which was, you know, oftentimes slander and angry and hateful and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's not what it's talking about here. But, but loving your enemies, right? Big Eva teaches this pretty well. Big Eva teaches this pretty well. I mean, how, how many times have you heard sermons or, or, or messages and stuff about, you know, loving, for example, um, the LGBT community who, you know, oftentimes they have a palpable hatred for Christians, right? Palpable hatred for Christianity. A lot of, especially the activist types, I'm not talking about run-of-the-mill, you know, LGBT people, because, you know, most LGBT people that I've met are, are, are delightful. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're nice people. You know what I mean? They're, they're not out there trying to uh, to sue Christian bakers. They're not out there trying to do all this kind of stuff. But the activist types, I mean, they hate Christians, no question about it. They hate Christians. And I think that 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 the teaching on, on on loving those people who try to sue you and you know in court and stuff like that because you don't want to make them a, a gay wedding cake and stuff like that, I think that the teaching on loving those kinds of people is pretty good. You know what I mean? Just because you know an LGBT activist sues you um, because you don't want to bake their cake doesn't mean that you should go and then sue them frivolously. I mean, you should defend yourself, no question, but it doesn't mean that you should go out and and start suing you know you know LGBT folks that don't want to build, build a Christian cake. Like you, you, it wouldn't be fair to do the opposite, right? As a Christian, we wouldn't want to get revenge in that way. It's a frivolous lawsuit one way, but it doesn't give us the right to do a frivolous lawsuit the, the other way. 
I think in general, and this is this is something that that I think, you know, Big Eva is really good at. Big Eva is really good at teaching you to love liberals. Seriously, I, I think it is. I think the teaching on loving liberals is very strong and very good because it's you know it's very clear to see when somebody, you know. When somebody hates Christianity and they're very open about it, they're very progressive, you know, and Christianity is the enemy in every way, it's easy to see how this passage applies to them. But here's where my gentle correction is going to have to come in because, because I learned how to love my enemy very well in Gospel Coalition materials. No question about it. But I think Gospel Coalition has a blind spot. I really do. I really think that there's a blind spot because... You know, this is not a command to just love your liberal enemies. It's also a command to love your conservative enemies. Seriously, your conservative enemies. And I think that this plays out in a variety of different ways. I'm not just talking liberal and progressive from a political perspective, right? Because that's what most people think when they think of liberal, progressive, and conservatives. But but, but I, th- I think in a theological perspective as well, I mean, honestly... PCA people, you know, Gospel Coalition people, they will put up with all manner of more liberal Christians than themselves. People that think, you know, LGBT is just fine. People that think that uh, maybe LGBT is not that fine, but we need to revoice this stuff. And people that have all kinds of ideas about women teaching in, 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 in churches and stuff like that, all kinds of very more liberal ideas than they do. They'll put up with it. They'll platform them. They'll they'll respect them. They'll talk to them. They'll they'll put them in the you know in the in the in the in the conference circles and stuff like that. But the reality is that this call to love your your enemies, this call to love your your neighbor, this call to love one another, also applies to people that are more conservative than you. And actually, it also applies to people who do things that you think are mean. People th- that do things that you think. Are are um, are evil in some ways because look, this is not just talking about people who do liberal evil things, but also conservative evil things, right? You know, you you have to love you know those redneck Republican you know people that you call white supremacists. You have to actually love those people too. You have to actually love those people too. And 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 here's where I see this playing out in Christian circles a lot because I don't I I, I made a couple of videos in the last couple of weeks. One about pulpit and pen, and one about Doug Wilson, and people think I've lost my mind. And, and I'm going to respond to some of the the criticisms of those videos because I think some of them are legitimate. If you've responded to the pulpit and pen video and like, hey Adam, you're out to lunch, or if you've responded to the Doug Wilson videos, hey, you're, you're you're missing the boat here. I don't think all of those criticisms were were outrageous, right? But some of them, I think, um, kind of display a little bit of an inconsistency because you'll put up with all manner of liberal revoice, you know, you know, living out some Alberry stuff, all manner of liberal stuff. But then one one person does on the more conservative side than you says so and so is is dangerous or or or, or makes a joke or, or does something that you find vile because because let's just be honest, a lot of you find J D Hall from Pulpit and Pen vile. I get it, I, I understand, and 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 J D Hall is not my cup of tea a lot of the time. You know what I mean? But 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 here's the thing, guys. Let's let's remember this verse doesn't just apply to liberals. Bless those who curse you. Just because Jordan Hall might curse you or say you're an unbeliever or something like that, you're actually required to bless them. And that takes much more than just typing blessings at the end of your tweet with a heart symbol or a kissy face. That's not what it's talking about. 
It's talking about actually loving them and not slandering them in return, not being like Joe Carter and calling them apostates. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. So you, you don't like what, 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 what he says about other people, so you call him an apostate? That's, 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 that's technically not accurate, but also you're just doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing that he does. It doesn't make any sense. You have to actually love your neighbor. You have to actually love your enemy. You have to love the your liberal neighbor, but also your conservative neighbor. You have to love your gentle neighbor with smooth-sounding words. You have to also love your neighbor that has harsh-sounding words. And even if you think, which I don't necessarily accept, because here's the thing, guys. Like, I, you know, people always say, "Well, assume the best. Assume the best about about liberals." Okay, fine. Love believes all things. Cool. But why doesn't that apply to the more conservative, the more sharp, sharper words folks among us, the people with a bit of a more serrated edge? Look, I'm not, they're not, these people aren't fragile, right? Like Doug Wilson, he's not fragile. Jordan Hall, they're not, he's not fragile, right? So I don't need to defend them, but but you gotta you gotta keep your consistency here, guys. Like, love your enemies, love your neighbor, blessing those who curse you, um, doing good to those who persecute you. Like, that doesn't just mean those on the liberal side, right? Because I want to believe all things when it comes to living out. So I want to be smart about living out, but I want to believe all things. I want to I want to assume the best, you know, in in people, and that sometimes that means even if I'm assuming the best, the best is actually pretty bad. Still, I'm not saying you have to like you know suspend your discernment. I'm not saying that, but we have to do it with the liberals, but also the people that are on the conservative side. I think there's a there is a, and I've seen it in so many of my heroes, man. Seriously, so many of my heroes. You know, yes, you should hold Christians to a higher standard. That's so true. But let's not join the world in ripping Christians, those fun, those fundies. You know, we have to use even scales here, right? Just because they're fundies to you, they're fundamentalists, doesn't mean that love your enemies, blessing those who persecute you, blessing those who curse you, doesn't apply to them. It still applies to them. And so I want to, love believes all things. Yeah, I want to believe all things about Jordan Hall. As, as much as he's not my cup of tea, I, you know, I want to believe all things about him. I want to believe that, you know, he's a pastoral guy with his flock. I think he probably is. You know what I mean? I want to believe that kind of stuff. And if you don't like him, whatever, I'm not saying you have to like him. I'm not saying you have to read his website. But, but what I am saying is the same sort of uh, generosity you give to people that are, that, are, that are introducing heresies into the church, people that are introducing all kinds of uh, weird sexual doctrines into the church, the same kind of generosity you give to those people, I think at, at the very least you should give those to your brothers in Christ. And I just don't see a lot of that happening. Don't see a lot of that happening. Look, at the end of the day, the message of this podcast is very simple. Um, when the Bible talks about blessing those who curse you, do not re- uh, return reviling for reviling, stuff like that. That applies to not only liberals, but also to conservatives. So if your opinion of Jordan Hall is that he's um, he's inappropriate in some of his rhetoric, or he's inappropriate when he says that so-and-so is not a Christian or not a believer, then the response shouldn't automatically be, he's not a believer, or to be aggressive towards him. Like, if that's your opinion of Jordan, which I don't necessarily share that opinion on many of the criticisms I've seen. I mean, there are some things, like I said, it's not my cup of tea. I get it. But... Um, but I think he's, in many ways, I think some of the stuff he does is, is, is he's misunderstood. I don't agree with some of the lines that he draws. That's okay. That's okay. But it doesn't require me to then go and hate him the way everybody else does. I don't hate Joe Jordan Hall. 
I don't. I think some of what he adds to the conversation is valuable. And I think that unless you've got some sort of derangement syndrome where you actually think it's appropriate to return reviling for reviling, unless you've got some kind of derangement syndrome where you think it's actually appropriate to curse those who curse you or to call apostates, for goodness sake, apostate? Because he says mean things about your friends. Like, you don't understand what it means to love your enemies. If you think Jordan's your enemy, you're still required to love him and treat him fairly and bless him. That's the message of this podcast. It doesn't just apply to liberals. It applies to conservatives as well. I might not be able to do this perfectly, but at least I'm trying. I think you should try too. Anyway, I hope this video or this this podcast made sense. I hope that you found it helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you.